Hello, friends and family, and welcome back to another episode of the Back Pain Podcast. So I'm your host today. My name is Rob Bevan, and today we are talking about all the things I wish I knew sooner when treating people with low back pain. So let's take it away. Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So, if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. So, hello everyone. Today, we are talking about all the things I wish I knew sooner when dealing or helping people with their lower back pain. So, a lot of things which I... Kind of, I guess I wish I knew when I graduated, um, you know, I was, when, you, when you first start managing people with low back pain, you're often overconfident, you think you know what you're talking about. And it's a pretty steep learning curve when you're kind of thrown in at the deep end with uh, someone in front of you who's really struggling. So the first thing that I wish I knew sooner is that pain is multifactorial. So when I first graduated, I was really focused on the reason that someone had an episode of pain. I used to really try and get to the exact cause, the specific reason that someone had an episode of pain today. And I think I was very overconfident in telling people that this episode that of back pain that they were suffering from was due to the way that they lifted something or that their longer term pain was due to the way that they sat at their desk or their tight muscle. And when I know now that there are so, so many factors that can contribute to the reason someone has pain today, that's anxiety, worry, stress, your sleep patterns, your exercise, your expectations, and, and getting you, know, you the patient to, in front of me to understand this and consider how they can influence these factors in your own recovery is really, really important. It allows you to have an element of control over your pain rather than relying on me or another clinician to kind of fix you. So if you understand that stress and sleep patterns have a, an impact on pain, now, are these going to be 100% the cause of the reason you have back pain? Really not. But if you know they, they play a role, you can then self-manage and help control some of these things. So you can control how well you sleep, you can cut out caffeine, you know, go back and listen to our sleep episode on, on how you can improve your sleep. Can you de-stress? Can you do some meditation? Can you relax a bit? Can you do something that, that you enjoy, whether that's watching a funny film or, or going for a dog walk? So it gives you an element of control over managing your own pain. So yeah, first thing, the pain is multifactorial. Number two, it's okay not to know what is going on. So I, as a, as a chiropractor, as someone who's been treating patients with back pain for 11, 12 years, I don't always know what is going on. And as I said before earlier, back pain is multifactorial. Not knowing what the specific problem is, is okay. In fact, I probably often encourage it when I'm talking to new grads. So being dead certain on the reason that someone has pain for 10 years, I feel is actually quite rare. Blaming this on one specific cause or nailing it down after talking to someone for 20 minutes is, as I said, rare. However, this doesn't mean that we can't help it and it doesn't mean that we can't help you manage it. The principles that we talk about pain and we talk about with managing back pain on here a lot still apply. That being calm it down and then build it back up again. So we're looking for ways to decrease pain, followed by ways to gradually expose you to more painful movements, more increased load and encouraging an improvement in strength and a greater range of motion. So with that being the overarching principle, we don't need to always know specifically what is the reason. We know, we know it's multifactorial, so it's okay not to be 100% sure about what is going on, but we can still manage it and you can still get better and reduce your pain. Number three, scans don't correlate with pain. 
Another big one that we've spoken about numerous times on this podcast is that the scan results don't correlate with pain. Many times people come in waving a scan saying, I've been diagnosed with this, or I think I need a scan to find out exactly what's going on. And this can be really tricky to explain correctly. Now, when I first started, I was of the impression that everybody should have a scan almost as they walk through the door. It's going to show us that everything's okay or show us exactly what's going on, you know, right from the minute that we first saw them. However, we know that there's such a poor correlation between these scan findings and the pain that someone is suffering. You know, these aren't pain scans. Scans don't show pain. And what I mean by that is people can have lots of things that pop up on on an MRI scan and very little of this can be relevant to that current episode of pain that the patient's experiencing. For example, when we're looking at things like age-related change or osteoarthritis in the spine, these things take place slowly over many, many years. So when someone's had back pain for two weeks, the chance of these pain being solely responsible for that back pain is quite small. However, this can be very tricky to understand when we've had back pain and then we've had a scan and we've pointed out something that doesn't look like it should do in a textbook. And you know, because no scan, no spine really looks like it does in a textbook. As I think as Julia Gover said on our podcast, the only place you see a textbook spine is in a textbook. Now, of course, this doesn't mean, and this is not at all what I'm saying, is that scans are never necessary or really necessary at all. Of course, there is a time and a place that people will need to be referred for a scan, but it's important to remember that they don't show pain. These are simply a snapshot in time of your spine. David Poulter has spoken before on the show and he's talking about, spoke, yeah, spoken about how when we're trying to define pain or look for pain on a scan, it's trying to look, it's like a bit like looking at a wedding photograph and asking yourself, who is the drunkest person? You might have some idea, but nailing that down just off one picture is pretty difficult. There are so many other factors you have to take into account. So when we're looking at a scan, we're taking into account someone's history, their exam findings, their explanation of their pain, how it started, what makes it worse, what makes it get better, ruling out other things. That is what we're looking for when we're looking at a scan. So a scan by itself isn't the most useful. Number four, all exercise is good. So I used to feel that some exercises were better than others. And I used to encourage people to do that specific type of exercise or that brand of exercise or that one exercise, because I thought that was best for their back pain. And that could have been swimming. It could have been weightlifting. It could have been Pilates or yoga. And incorrectly, I, incorrectly, I put my impressions of what I think people, I thought should people, my impressions of what I thought people should be doing onto them when actually the most important exercise is the one that people actually do. If I have a patient in front of me and he hates or she hates going to the gym and I'm telling them to go to the gym or do some weights, then that's not really going to be very constructive. Whereas if they love doing yoga and I'm telling them that, yes, they can carry on doing yoga, then they're much more likely to do it. So that's more important. So when I think about now, what exercise is this patient going to do? That's then how I build up their exercise program. So if they love gardening, whether it's dog walking, is it running? I'll then really encourage them to do that in the vast majority of cases. Exercise is safe for people with back pain. And my general advice is don't stop doing anything. Let's just turn the dial down on it slightly. So it might mean doing slightly less reps in the gym. It might mean doing a 15 minute bike ride rather than a three hour bike ride a 15-minute yoga session rather than going to an hour group class. You might be doing a slightly shorter swim or a walk or doing an uphill walk rather than a big, long, flat walk. Whatever it might be, it's just something to help encourage that sport of activity that they like, but not stop them doing it from, doing, from doing it completely. Yes, these things might cause a little bit of pain. That is normal. I'll say to patients that you have a green light to do whatever you want to. Pain doesn't equal damage. 
damage doesn't equal pain so that we know that you know if this is a bit sore we just turn it down slightly soreness is okay as long as it's manageable if that soreness is flaring up so much that you can't sleep can't work can't do anything then we're overdoing a little bit and then we probably just need to turn it down a little bit that brings us on quite nicely to then to number five it's okay to take painkillers often people will come to us and they say i really don't like the idea of taking painkillers and many people in my position as therapists and clinicians will probably hear this a lot and it's probably the nature of our jobs is that people might see us when they don't want to see the gp or they don't wish to because they they don't want to take painkillers and that's totally fine you can you do you i'm happy with whatever people's wishes are however the excuse that people often use when they don't want to take painkillers is that they don't want to mask the pain and they think they're going to do more damage by covering up the pain and then carrying on with the normal activities of daily living and they're worried they're going to do more damage so when I talk to these patients who have this belief, importantly, as, as I said previously, it's important to remind ourselves that pain doesn't equal damage. So more pain doesn't mean you've caused more harm. I'm obviously not going to force someone to take painkillers. I'll send them off to have their, a chat to their GP or their pharmacist around some pain, pain management. However, it doesn't mask pain. So my impression of what it does is it allows you to reduce your pain slightly, might be 10, 20, 50%, to allow you to move more. And we know that movement is really important and good for back pain. So if you are completely debilitated by pain and struggling to do anything that you enjoy doing, struggling to sleep, struggling to work, then taking to painkillers, they're not going to make the pain go away completely. But if they take the edge off or drop those pain levels down by 20% or so, then you might do a little bit more movement. And that is what's ultimately going to help most. However, if you don't want to take painkillers, that is completely your choice. But that's generally my stance when people ask me about painkillers when someone asks what should i take or who should or or when should i take them again it's when it's stopping you from doing things that you want to do often when someone's got sciatica the nerve pain can be really bad at night so there are some what we call neuropathic pain medication which is really good for kind of that nerve pain at night so if anyone's struggling through that have a chat to your gp about some options there and that can just help just calm down that nerve excitability it might allow you to sleep a bit better. We know that sleep, again, is really, really important for um, recovery and managing back pain. So those are five things. There's, there's so many more that I could have covered, but those are five things that I wish that I'd kind of learnt sooner. So please, as always, share this episode with someone that needs to hear it. Go back and listen to some of the previous episodes and share those with other family members, friends, or patients that you might have in pain. It means the world to us when we see these episodes being shared on social media. And a reminder, if you are struggling with back pain and you're looking for someone to help you head on over to our website www.thebackpainpodcast.com and you can simply go to our provider map pop in your postcode or your address and you can find someone tried and tested local to you to help with your back pain so that's it from me i've been your host rob bevan we've been the back pain podcast i look forward to catching you on the next episode over and out